This audio is presented to you by Abdul Fattah Adayami. For more lectures and counseling services, visit www.abdulfattahadayami.com. Listen, learn, laugh and think deeply as you edit your universe. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa sayyiati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudhillalah wa may yudlil fala hadiyalah wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh We are grateful to Almighty Allah. My name is Abdul Fattah Adeyemi. We want to talk about the power of faith, or what we say, the power of Iman. You cannot know Allah more than Allah himself. And you cannot make yourself to understand Allah better than the way Allah wants you to understand him. So when Allah explains himself to you, you got to listen, and you got to observe, and you got to reflect with all the senses in our body. Because three things determine our understanding of faith. Number one, our assumptions. Number two, our perceptions. And number three, our expectations. Sometimes we just assume that we know. Sometimes we assume that we have faith or we have Iman, sometimes we assume that we understand Iman, and sometimes it's just some perceptions of some of the feelings or emotions that we have, or some of the things our eyes have shown us, or our minds are reflecting, reflecting from left, right, and center, but we are not too sure if what we are perceiving is real or not. And then our expectations, because we're in certain situation or circumstances, we're expecting that something should happen. And we think because we, have, because we have that expectation, we actually think what we have is faith in Allah. Whereas we are just expecting something that may come or that may never come. And what we expect may be because of our perception, because we think this thing is supposed to happen under normal or abnormal circumstances. And possibly it's also because of our assumptions. We just assume generally. Now you see, everything goes around these three things. Assumptions, perceptions, and expectations. I will ask us some questions like we normally do. We ask more questions than give answers. Perhaps somebody somewhere will understand and will have an answer to some of this. And also because me that's asking the questions, I don't necessarily have the answers. I also want to know. That's why I'm asking. When we say the power of faith, the question is, is faith a power? Is faith a kind of power that the person should have? Is faith just a feel-good concept, just to explain things away? 
When you are not sure of something, you just say, yes, I have faith. When you are confused, you don't know what to do, you say, I have faith. When you are disturbed and you are down because of your failure, you quickly look for faith so as to make you feel that you are actually okay. Hmm. What is the difference between faith and belief? What do you believe in? And what faith do you have? And let me even ask, is faith something you have? Is faith something you acquire? Or is faith something that you do? Do you do faith? Do you have faith? Do you acquire faith? Where do you find faith? Who gives it to you? And if you find it, how would you know that is what you should have faith in? How do you differentiate between belief and action? What you believe in and what you do, are they the same and are they tantamount to the faith that you have? How powerful is your faith if you have it? I have not asked how many people here have faith. But the thing is, even if you have faith, how powerful is your faith? What are the qualities of your faith? What are the components of your faith? If you do have faith, is your faith powerful? Is Allah's power the same as your own power? To say that you have faith in Allah, does it mean Allah will give you his power to use his own power? What is the position of your own weakness as a human being vis-a-vis -vis your faith in Almighty Allah, vis-a-vis -vis the power of Almighty Allah himself? With Allah say because you have faith, he will not relinquish his own power to you. And you start doing things as if you are God. Will your faith in Allah convince him to always give you everything you want at every time? Like a kind of pin code when you approach an ATM. Tell me. This faith thing we talk about, some of us, we, we kind of believe that we have everything because we have faith. Or we believe that we are entitled to everything because we have faith. Faith in what? Faith in whom? You have faith in yourself or you have faith in Almighty Allah. So what? Is that going to guarantee you everything in the universe? And that's why I asked earlier on that is faith a power? Or is faith the only power that there is? There are many other powers. Let me quickly tell you. Faith is not only the thing that has power or is not only the power of faith that can make you to survive in this world or to even meet it all mentally. Where do you put the power of knowledge? And when you have faith, does it mean you have knowledge? And when you have knowledge, does it mean you have faith? Don't forget there's also the power of action. If you don't get up and do something, you cannot just wish things to happen. What of the power of attraction, power of attention, power of imagination? What of the power of science itself? What powers do you have 
as a person? And what power have you been given as a person? And do you have power of faith alongside with the powers that you have or that you have been given or that you do? Allah knows best. But let me ask, is faith a placebo? What do I mean by placebo? Some people say faith is nothing but a feeling. Is faith an emotion and a placebo? What do you mean of placebo? Placebo is um, an inactive drug or sugar pill or a test substance or something that's inactive, but we believe that it is active. The placebo idea is the idea that your brain can convince your body towards a fake treatment or convince your body that a fake treatment is a real thing. And that this can stimulate healing in yourself because you believe that it's going to heal you, then you are getting healed. Allah Akbar. The doctors use this a lot because the opposite of placebo is nocebo. Meaning that you only take a pill that is meant for headache and then you believe that if you take this pill, you are going to die. That's nocebo. That this thing will cause you harm. The one that you believe will heal you is the placebo. Now, there are many things about placebo effect and faith that people have. Sometimes there's a kind of conditioning that people have. And you see that in placebo effect as well as you see it in faith that some people have. You, are con you have conditioned your mind that, for example, if you get sick after eating a particular kind of food, then that food gets you to be sick because it coincided that you were sick anytime you ate that food or that you feel that you're going to be sick in the future. Sometimes it's not just that conditioning, it's also expectation. You know I mentioned expectation earlier on. Assumptions, perceptions, and expectations. These three, the way they work with placebo effect, they also work together with some of the faith that we have. Some of us, we just have that projection. That because one prophet at a particular time was in a particular trouble or problem, and he called on Allah, and Allah answered his prayer because he had faith, you also think that if you call on Allah under the same circumstances because you also have faith, then you get exactly the same result that that prophet got. You didn't remember that you are not the prophet. And you didn't remember that faith get level. So some of us, we live with that placebo, that expectation that once you recite out and see you, all the evil forces around you will disappear. The question is, who is reciting? <laughs> Let me give you an example. In Tafsir of Ibn Kathir, while he was explaining some uh, parts of Surah Al-Fatiha, it so happened that some Sahaba, they went on a journey, they got to a place, and they asked the people there to assist them, maybe to give them a lunch where they can just stay for the night. They refused. So this Sahaba, they went to camp somewhere. And after a while, somebody came from that settlement to them and said, look, our king has just been stung by a scorpion. Do you people have any cure or anything we can use to cure him? 
They said they don't have. One of them said, yes, I have something. So he followed them back to their king. And he did something, and the king got well. And the king gave him, like, for example, 40 goats in compensation. Only for the Sahaba to see him coming back with goats. And when he got back to them, he said, where did you get this from? What happened? He explained to them, what did you do? He said, I recited Surah Al-Fatiha, and he got well. And why did you collect these goats? We don't want to have any share in it until we get to the prophet. When we go to the prophet, the prophet asked him, what did you do? He said, I recited Fatiha. And prophet said, what did you think that if you recited Fatiha, he will get well? He said, I believe that he will get well. And the prophet said, okay, give me my own share of the 40 goats you got. <laughs> if somebody is stung by a scorpion in your neighborhood, can you recite Fatiha and the person will get well? Now you see what I mean by who is reciting? Who is keeping the faith? Who is having the Iman? What is the power of your own Iman? If there's any power in it at all. I'm equating faith with Iman now. And of course, the, the full meaning of Iman, you see from Arabic, that's Iman or faith or belief or recognition from the word Amana. That is to have faith or to believe or to recognize. Alif, Memun, and Nunun, that is the root. And you see, Iman may mean a whole lot of things, not just faith. It can mean acceptance. They say it and you accept. Sometimes, Ito'a, following and obedience may mean Iman. When the companion says, wa we hear and we obey. It is a kind of confidence you have in something, a kind of conviction that you have. Iman can also mean your hope in what is to come. It can also mean your loyalty to a particular form of truth. It can mean your allegiance. It can be your assent. It can mean your assurance. I am sure that so and so thing is or will be. It's a kind of certainty that you have. or That yakin is a version of Iman. It's a description of Iman. Is possibly an attribute of Iman. That is one kind of stage or aspect of the Iman. To know with all certainty. It is so sure, so much so that faith is like death. Is there anybody here who doesn't believe there is death? Does anybody here not believe that we are going to die? Allah said to the prophet, What would rob back a hatta yatiakal yakin? Continue to worship your Lord until that certainty comes to you. And that certainty is as sure, the certainty of death is as sure of what iman a person is supposed to have. That means you are so sure that there's nothing that can change it. It's a kind of certitude, a kind of constancy, a kind of credence. When somebody says, show us your credential, your credential that proves that you have attained so so thing that you claim you have attained to. It is different from your CV. You submit your CV, they will now say, bring your credentials. What are the things that lend credence to this thing you have written on your CV?
Allah Akbar. It's a kind of dependence. As if you know that somebody is going to catch me when I fall. The same way I know somebody is going to hear me when I call. It's a kind of fidelity, unwavering and unshaking belief and certainty in a particular truth. And a kind of reliance, a kind of sureness, a kind of truthfulness. In fact, truthfulness and iman, trust and iman, they are very, very close to each other. So iman is usually translated in English as faith, just like we are using the word now. It's a faith that signifies an acceptance without proof or argument, without reference to reason or thought, without knowledge or insight, your ability to accept the truth of what is presented to you. That is to say that you have faith in that particular thing or that particular truth. Now, according to the Quran, Iman is the conviction that is based not only on things or acceptance of things without reference or reason. However, it is a kind of Iman that is based on reason and knowledge. Reason and knowledge, both of them will never be found missing in the Iman of somebody who has Iman. Many people have glorified Iman to the extent that they even believe that if you have Iman, you move a mountain. Don't forget, there is reason, there is knowledge before you can move a mountain. Maybe people who say that are just being metaphorical. Maybe they didn't really mean it. Because no matter how strong your faith is, there are certain laws in the universe that Allah will not turn around because of you. Because of the justice of Allah, there are some things your faith will not yield to you because giving you that particular thing because of your faith is injustice in another way. And you cannot fathom and understand everything about Allah's justice. So to say that you have that faith, like I said earlier on, doesn't mean Allah will reverse the laws of the universe because of you. Because you have faith doesn't mean you put your hand into fire and you not burn you. Unless you are Ibrahim and you are not Ibrahim. You are not Prophet Ibrahim. Ibrahim was thrown into the fire and Allah made a commandment. Oh you fire, become cool and be a source of peace for Ibrahim. That doesn't mean that Allah is under any compulsion or any obligation to say that on behalf of everybody, Ibrahim, Zainab, Omar, um, Suleiman, uh, what's your name? Adeola. It is not a guarantee. In other words, what I'm trying to point our attention to is that what we refer to as Iman as far as Islam is concerned is a kind of conviction that gives one a feeling of inner contentment and peace. Not necessarily that Allah is going to turn things around in things that he would not want to do. The understanding of Iman as far as Islam is concerned is that inner peace that comes out of remembrance of Allah. And that is why Allah says, Allah bidhikrillah tatma innul kulub. It is in the remembrance of Allah that heart will find peace. Your iman is to give you contentment and peace, not to give you certain power that makes you to feel as if you are a small God. So don't say, I, I, I have iman, I have faith. Somebody is going through something, they have faith. 
sister. His sister is complaining that she's broke. Says, have faith, my sister. <laughs> Your brother is complaining that he doesn't have a job. Say, have faith, my brother. Why don't you get him a job? Okay. Why don't you give her some money? All right. So a mummy now is somebody who accepts truth in such a way that it ensures his own peace and helps him to safeguard the peace and security of the rest of humankind. A mu'min is somebody who has peace, ensures his own peace, and is able to spread that peace to the whole of humanity. That is what we understand by iman, and the person who practices that iman is called a mu'min. And Allah Akbar, Ali mu'min, incidentally, is one of the attributes of Allah himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Quran chapter 59, verse 23, Allah says, Wallahu ladhi la ilaha illahu al-maliku al-kuddus as-salam al-mu'min al-muhaymin al-azizul jabbarul mutakabbir subhanallahi amma yushrikun. Allah is the one beside whom there is none. He is the sovereign. He is the supreme. He is the holy. And he is the one with whom all salvation rests. He is the al-mu'min. is the giver of faith. Is the giver of faith, is Ali Muhaiminu, is the one who determines what is true and what is false. Allah Akbar. Al Aziz is the Almighty. Al Jabbar is the one that subdues wrong and restores right. Al Mutakabir, the one to whom all greatness belongs. Subhanallah, utterly remote is Allah in his limitless glory from anything to which men ascribe a share in his divinity. Allah Akbar. Allah gives a comprehensive and objective definition of Iman in the Quran when Allah says in Quran chapter 2, verse 177. Check it out by yourself. Allah says, It is no righteousness that you turn your face towards the east or the west, but true righteousness is the one that has Iman in Allah that has faith in Almighty Allah. And quickly, Allah mentioned, وَلْيَوْمِ akhir. I also believe in the Day of Judgment. If you don't believe in Allah, you may not believe in the Day of Judgment. And if you don't believe in the Day of Judgment, then you will not believe in Almighty Allah. In fact, somebody who doesn't believe in the Day of Judgment cannot say he believes in Allah. You remember? Have you seen somebody who denies the day of judgment is the one who neglects his duties towards the orphans? And the Quran mentioned those other things. And you see the articles of faith are mentioned here. And the roots, that is the fruits of the faith, the iman you have, Allah explains it in this verse. If you want to now see whether you have faith or not, or the kind of faith you are expected to have, with regards to the power of faith, you align yourself to these basic beliefs that we have lined up in this verse of the Quran, chapter 2, verse 177. And Allah says, And so on and so forth. 
So those are, in a nutshell, some of the things you need to understand when it comes to Iman. But what is the importance of reasoning when it comes to matter of Iman? Don't forget, we're just talking about believe in some, have faith in something. But we say Islam says, don't just have faith. Also have reason, carry your reasoning along when we are going to the house of faith. And Almighty Allah says, as for those who don't think and use their reasoning, Allah says, the, the worst of all creatures in the sight of Allah are those who are deaf and those who are dumb and those who don't use their reasoning. Deaf, dumb, and reasonless. If a person is, you know, spiritually, and not just physical deaf and dumb, if a person has neglected those three things, then that person cannot be said to have faith in the real sense of it. Are you following me now? So it's not a matter of somebody just bringing up something and saying, you just have faith, it will work, it will work. This is a graphic description of the degradation of human beings when they refuse to use their senses. And you see in a lot of places in the Quran where Allah describes those who don't use their reasoning. Let me quickly mention another one to you. Allah says, Wala kodi dhara'na li jahannama kathira min al wal ins. Lahum kulubun la yafkohuna biha. Allah says, many are the jinns and human beings that have made their ways into hellfire. Why? Because they have hearts that they do not understand with. They have eyes that they do not see with. They have ears with which they do not hear anything. They are like cattle. Nay, they are even more misguided than cattle because they are heedless of all warning. They are gafilun. They are heedless. They don't even understand anything, what's going on. They don't know what is happening. They just like sit down and think faith is going to do everything for them. Some will just like go into the cave and sit down and say faith is going to take care of the whole world. From the day the Prophet came out from the cave of Hira, and Jibril appeared to him for the first time. Did he ever go back there? Did anybody hear that Muhammad went back to that cave? For what? No, he didn't go back. He didn't go back there because now that Iman has come, now that knowledge has come, don't forget, among the first things that Almighty mentioned to him are things of knowledge. Ikra, bismarabika ladhi khalakko, khalakko li insana min alat, ikra, the last part of it, Allah teaches mankind what he knows not. And once you understand that you are supposed to have that Iman, and it's Allah that teaches what you know not, what are you supposed to do? You are supposed to pursue the things that Allah is teaching you. And that's why amongst all of the things that the Prophet ever asked for, the only one Allah asked him to always ask for more is knowledge. Wakurabi zidini ilima. Oh Allah, give me more knowledge. Give me more knowledge. Give me more knowledge. Because the power of knowledge cannot be put aside if at all you have any faith. In Islam, if they ask you about faith, how do you have faith in Islam? Let people know that our faith is founded on knowledge. What's the use of somebody worshipping Allah 
he says he has Iman and he doesn't have knowledge. Don't you know the person will do all sorts of things? A person that spends just one hour to seek knowledge is better than somebody who spent the whole night in Tahajjud. Have you heard of that? Why? Because there's ibadah and there's knowledge. If you put your knowledge very well, it constitutes an ibadah for you. So it, it is just like that. Let me share another verse of the Quran uh, for you. Allah says, Kul sabili. O Muhammad, tell everybody that this is my way. I'm calling towards Almighty Allah, Allah Basira, on the conscious insight that is accessible to reason. Allah Basira, on a kind of scene, you know that Basira to see something. Yes, on a kind of scene. That means I call people to Allah, Allah Basira, on a kind of insight. It's not founded on ordinary belief or assumptions or deceptions or presumptions. It is founded on Basira. And what is Basiro? Both me and all of those who follow me, we are all calling towards Almighty Allah on this Basiro. You see that in Surah Yusuf, chapter 12, verse 108. Allah Akbar. And Allah says, Will you compare those who know and those who do not know? Hmm. Allah Akbar Kabira. Allah Akbar Kabira. And look at these people also. وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ لَمْ يَخِرُّوا عَلَيْهَا سُمَّا وَمُيَعْنًا The true believers who have Iman are those who whenever they are reminded of their sustainer's messages, they do not throw these messages upon themselves as if they are deaf and blind. They see everything with basuiro, with sight, class sight, and they hear it very well. And that's why even the Quran, Allah says, Afala the Barun and the Quran, have you not pondered deeply upon the glorious Quran? In other words, the power of faith becomes activated when you support your faith or you found your faith on knowledge. Let me now describe some of these characteristics to you about the kind of Iman we are talking about. From the glorious Quran, Iman is not to accept it with the tongue, but to also accept it with the heart. It's not, for, not just for you to say that you have Iman and you have knowledge. It's supposed to be a heartfelt knowledge. It's supposed to be a kind of Iman that comes from the heart. And that knowledge, if it's not sincere, very soon it will become counterproductive. A person can have knowledge of science. If it is not heartfelt, it will use that same science to cause destruction rather than to bring benefit to humanity. You get that just now. Allah says, Wamina Nas, they are amongst the people. They say we believe in Almighty Allah. But they are not Mu'minuns. They say they believe, but they are not Mu'minuns. Because there's difference between I believe and I have faith. Look at that in Quran chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. You see something like that. Another point you must understand about faith, Iman, as far as Islam is concerned, is you need to accept everything which the Quran says as the truth. Because that is your source. That is the knowledge that is true, and that's the knowledge that has basis to reason, that has connection to reason. Allah says, Inna la Fa'amma al-ladhina amanu fa'ya'lamuna anna ul-haqqu min rabbihim. 
Olmetella does not disdain to propound a parable of a small atom, of a small gnat, or something that's even smaller than that. Now, as for those who have attained faith, they know that it is the truth from their Lord. Whatever mathal Allah gives, whatever example that Allah gives, Allah Akbar, you have to accept it that it is the truth from Allah. If you reject the truth of the knowledge from Allah, the kind of knowledge you are going to have will be founded on falsehood. That's what it means. Accept the truth from Almighty Allah. Then, Allah Akbar, Iman will lead human beings from darkness into light. That's another point for you to note. Allah says, Allah Allah is the protecting friend of those who have Iman. Because he brings them out of darkness and he makes them to go into light. Let me explain this to you. Allah used the word zulumat. If I would translate it directly, it means darknesses. Because it is plural of one darkness, zulumat, darknesses. Then, yukhrijumina zulumat ilanur. He bring them into anur, the light. The light is one. Darknesses are many. So anything that's different from the light is darkness. And you must understand that your faith in Allah means that you have accepted the light of Almighty Allah. And among so many names of Allah, Anur is one of them. The source and the author of light, Allah Akbar. Then in matters of Iman, Allah says, should we believe in you and people who are very small, they follow you? Meaning that it doesn't matter whether you are high or low. You must believe. You must believe in Almighty Allah, regardless of your profession or regardless of your status in the society. The kind of faith we have in Islam is not the same thing as, okay, these ones are the elites in faith. And these ones are the recruits, or these ones are the lower ones in faith. And guess what? This is why Allah doesn't care how beautifully designed the masjid you pray in is. The beauty of the masjid is not a guarantee that you have faith better than the person who prayed in one dingy room somewhere that is called a masjid. Hmm. How I wish the type of prayer mat we use will determine the acceptance or acceptability of our salat. Those who are very rich, like many of you here, most of you here, yes, most of you here that are very rich, your own faith would have been stronger than that of somebody who only uses animal skin as his own prayer mat. That's very hard and very itchy on his skin. How Allah is great too. You see, Hadith mean Allah uses some of those things that we carry with us to judge our iman. Then we will have wanted to know, okay, we can always do like them so that we can also have iman like them. It's not the size of your jalabiya that determine your iman. These are the kind of things we must understand. It's not the kind of religious couture that you wear. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, your couture, your garment, your dress, your appearance, your turbans, your big hijab, the ones that sweep the ground. I'm not saying these things are wrong, 
But you see, faith in Allah, iman in Allah has gone beyond that. It's not even as long as you stay in the masjid that determines the level or extent of your iman. Faith in Almighty Allah is founded on many more things than what is in our appearance, than what we see. A person that works in an office where he is constantly running away from falling into haram has as much iman as the muazzim that sleeps and wakes in the masjid and calls you to prayer five times a day. You see, you cannot untwist Allah with the matter of iman. And you cannot pretend it to Almighty Allah. You can't just fake it. Now, Allah describes the difference between belief and faith. Quran chapter 49, verse 14. The Quran says, The Bedouin, the desert Arab says, We believe, we have Iman. Say to them, You have not believed yet. You don't have faith yet. Just say, We are Muslims. Because yet, faith is yet to enter into your heart. Faith, in other words, has the capacity to enter into a person's heart. If your heart is fertile enough for faith to grow, faith therein shall grow, inshallah. And the Quran goes ahead to explain some other things that Iman is supposed to be there. The Quran, for example, says, Wain to te Ullah wa Rasulah, Laya litkumin amalikum shay'an, in Allah gafur rahim. But if you truly pay heed to Allah and His Apostle, He will not let the list of your deeds go to waste because Allah is much forgiving, is a dispenser of grace. And whatever thing you do, Allah would not discard your Iman, no matter how small it is. That's another point you must understand. Allah will not throw away your faith, no matter how small your faith is. You see that in Quran chapter 2, verse 143. You read that by yourself. And let me explain this before we wrap it up. An important aspect that must be emphasized here is that you cannot force somebody to have Iman. Just that you cannot force a flower to bloom. If it's not time for a flower to open up and bloom, you cannot compel it to be like that. You cannot compel it to open up. Faith is very significant, and faith is very serious. It is not a blind faith that you hold privately within yourself. It is something that is having to do with your connection to the rest of humanity. Don't forget that. The fruit of your faith is your realization that you are connected to Allah and you are connected to the rest of humanity. Faith is therefore not something you just have. Faith sometimes, as far as I can think, can be a skill that you can develop. Faith is something you can learn to be faithful. Faith is something that you continuously grow in. Faith is something you have to constantly struggle to maintain a balance with. Because you can't get there to say, yes, here I now have Iman. You can't beat your chest and say, yes, I have Iman now. Or I've reached a certain level of Iman that I can do anything I want. Or that I can do anything I like. No, having Iman will only give you peace of mind, like we said. Where have you reached? What have you done? What have you become? 
What have you been doing? What have you been up to that can give you such a guarantee? And you begin to beat your chest that yes, I am a faithful person. These ones are the trash meant for hellfire. Allah Akbar. Allah have mercy on us. When I say the power of faith, I ask whether faith is a power, right? Did I ask? Is faith a power? Yes, there are some other kind of powers too that go hand in hand with the power of faith. Number one, the power of productiveness. The power of being productive. If, Allah Akbar, the power of productiveness is, is a power of industry. It's a power of assiduousness. It's a power of meticulousness, of conscientiousness, the power of thoroughness, the power of persistence, the power of carefulness, the power of diligence. You are capable of coming back to your best and higher self if you have the power of productiveness. Your faith will have meaning if you are productive with your faith. Your faith will have meaning. Remember the Quran chapter 2 that we said, it is not righteousness that you turn your face to the east and the west, but the righteousness are those who believe in Allah in the last day and and they do this and they do that. The power of faith is baseless without the power of productiveness. Productiveness is a situation where you go out and practice that faith. They say some people are hungry. You'll be like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, may Allah feed them. They say some people are sick. You say, hey, yeah, may Allah cure them. What did you do about it? What did you do about it? They said there's somebody is broke. Or this somebody is poor. You'll be like, hey, yeah, may Allah save them from their poverty. No, faith doesn't work that way. Faith work in such a way that you have to go all out and see what you can do for that person. And what can you do? It is not just giving them food. It is also allowing them or telling them or teaching them how to be productive on their own. I'm coming back to that. People with the energy of diligence that is mixed together with their faith, they are extraordinarily powerful. People who combine faith with productiveness are the ones that are powerful enough. They can help themselves, they can transform themselves, and they can transform the community where they are. They can transform the environment and they can transform the whole world because they combine faith with diligence. Many people claim to have faith now, or more, they are not productive at all. Ask him. What do you do? How productive are you? What are you producing? What are you giving? What are you doing? And they just be like, we have faith now, we have Iman. It's very easy to say you have Iman. But when it comes to, okay, what, what do you actually, who you help now? Who your faith help? You understand what I mean? I'm trying to see how I can explain it. You, you, you just be like somebody who just like sit down and have this meme of a faithful person and then he like dress himself up in faith couture and he looks very serious and he tells you I have faith and you ask him what do you do 
it's not as if you have any scientific discovery. It's not as if you have any merchandise that you are selling. It's not as if you are farming and producing food to feed humanity. You just be like, just sit there and you say you have faith. Everybody should ask themselves, how productive are you together with your faith? Because being productive is a power on its own too. Some people are productive, but they don't have faith. But the people who are productive are the ones that will still feed those who say they have faith without being productive. Think about it now. Think about it now. These are the people who give bad name to religion or to religiosity. You say you believe, you believe, and you don't do anything. You just like sit down there and do nothing. Let me tell you another power that goes together with faith, the power of faith, the power of mindfulness. Hmm. What do I mean by mindfulness? This is the energy of being aware of what is happening in the present moment, as in waiting they happen. The power of mindfulness is, is when we are fully present, when we are fully alive, when we live deeply every moment of our daily life. Power of faith goes hand in hand with power of being mindful, power of being alive. How alive are you? Are you always moody? Are you always melancholic? Are you always looking sad just because you have faith? You know we do this sometimes. You think the person who has faith is supposed to just chill, supposed to just be calm, not necessarily doing anything, and looking very sad, and being so worried about the evils in this world, and being so concerned about the degeneration of humanity, and being so stupefied by the fact that the last hour is approaching, and being so disappointed that people no longer keep trust, and feel so dejected that, that wives no longer obey their husbands, children no longer obey their, their parents, and feel so morose, and is just sitting down there waiting for the hereafter to come. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman. Oh Allah, help those in Palestine. Oh Allah, deliver those who are in Afghanistan. Oh Allah, help those who are in America. Oh Allah, heal the land of the Indians. Oh Allah, oh, oh Allah. You know what happens when somebody does this kind of thing? The angels will just like get popcorn and soft drink. You know what we do when you watch movie? The angels will just like balance, chill. They'll be eating popcorn and be enjoying what they're looking at. Be like, this guy is an actor. Man, this guy is an actor. You are just sitting down there. You are, you are, what are you doing now? The angels will support you if you get up to help humanity. That's how faith works. And that's the same thing they did. Muhammad sallam, got to the battlefield before the angels came. Do you remember? I was not there, but you remember. You remember? You read it? Thank you, I read it too. The prophet was already in the battlefield before Allah sent the angels. You got it? Ibrahim already put his child down. He already put knife before Allah brought a ram. You remember? Why didn't he stay at home? Allah sent text message to Jibril that Jibril, how far now? How are we going to do this thing? Me, I know they understand though. This one that God says, it is my son, he wants again. What kind of thing is that now? How about Jibril raising this matter now? The mother of Musa salam, did not keep her son under the bed. She actually took the child out 
and put her in the river with soldiers patrolling and crocodiles moving around in the same water. But you know what she did? She told the elder sister of Musa and said, keep your eyes. Follow that basket. Follow that basket. Where's that basket going? It's the sister that followed the basket, traced it and tracked it and saw the basket landed at the backyard of her house. Strategically, she just stepped in. Ah, this baby will not take milk. I know one mother, one woman who can do it. And you see, so why didn't she just sit down and be saying, Yeah, Allah, you took my son away from me? You understand what I'm trying to say? Mindfulness, waiting they happen. Where is market selling? What is trending? What is the technology that's going on now? What are the breakthroughs that people are, are achieving now? What are the cures to this particular sickness? How do we, if people didn't discover penicillin, do you know what will happen to the world now? As at the time, people are dying of infectious diseases. They thought it is God that was killing them. Until when knowledge came and they discovered that, look, these are the things, it's just bacteria. And then they devised a means of stopping it. Science is pari and pasu. I don't know what that means. But what I'm trying to say is they go hand in hand with faith in Islam. Do you understand why I'm shouting like this? It is because we should not fall asleep. We should be awake. We should be alive if we have iman. Iman is, is um, an energy. You understand? It's an energy that quickens you to life. It's an energy that makes you want to produce, that makes you want to perform, that makes you want to do things. It's that kind of iman that those sahabas and those who came after them, that was what they had, and they were discovering scientific things. Remember, al-Biruni and all of those ones that you, algorithm, and all of those who invented and discovered all of these things we are talking about today. They understood that iman better. But what kind of iman do we have now? We'll be looking for the name of Allah on a tree. We'll be looking for a tree that spells Allah. We'll be looking for a fish, thank you. We'll be looking for a fish that there's Allah written on it. How can we be so reducible? Oh Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, forgive us. I'm saying that to have knowledge, I mean to have Iman is for you to be active around you. If you are a man and you have Iman, then you take care of your wife. Not to leave her in the house and you say Allah and Rasul will feed her. You have to rise up to your responsibility and provide as in real pro and vide. And if you're a woman, you have Iman, you are just there. You are not, you are not alive. You don't have verve. You don't have, you don't have bounce on your step. You are just moving as if the whole world is crumbling on you. Iman is not when you just do dirty. Iman is not when you just sit there, you don't take care of yourself, you, don't, you are not alive, you don't exercise, you don't eat well, you don't... Ah! Ah! You don't know what I'm thinking. I, I've thought of 100 things now, I don't know which of them to even say to you. Yes, I'm just exaggerating. I don't even know which of them to say to you. Because you just, I just marvel at the way, you know, the way we do our things now. Like a Muslim lady, she's making dua, let my husband love me, let him, you know, take care of me, let him do this and that. 
she doesn't do anything, she doesn't know anything, she doesn't want to do anything, she doesn't know how to take care of herself, she doesn't know how to make herself attractive to her husband, she doesn't dress well, she doesn't appear well, she smells of kerosene most of the time. If she's going to use uh, perfume, she uses this kind of perfume that, that, that smells like something they use in embalming dead bodies in mortuary. Well, I'm just saying. Now, and that kind of person is praying, oh Allah, let my husband love me, let him not look at another. She talks back, she shouts back, she doesn't produce anything, she doesn't contribute anything, she doesn't know how to have a meaningful discussion with the husband about the husband's job, about the husband's responsibilities, about how to move this family forward, about what's going to happen to these children, about what plans we have to educate our children, what direction we want our children to go to. Come to attend lectures, she will not attend. Attend events, she will not attend. She sits down at home, she's holding her tesbah, reading her Quran. That is not the end of Iman now. You understand what I mean? So it's not as if you just look serious every time and you be like, yes, I have Iman. Some people don't laugh. They don't smile because they have Iman. Think about it now. Somebody will attend a wedding, wedding, where everybody is happy and joyous. Just, just hold their hands like this or stand akimbo or hold their hands on their chest and they, they frown, look very serious. No smiling, no laughing, no grinning, no talking. They just look at everybody as if you people are people of dunya. In my own understanding, I don't think that is what Rasulullah would do. I hope you know what I mean. <laughs> let's, let's be frank with ourselves. So mindfulness, I, I'm still, I'm still Mindfulness is recognizing and understanding how things work in the universe. Being nice to people, being kind towards them, and doing your best to take care of yourself. That's how things work. When somebody is bringing something nonsense to you, you know how to be diplomatic with people. You know how to relate in your place of work. You know how to show respect to people. You wear your hijab, but you mind your business. You mind your business, but you are not aloof from the people. You, are, you don't look at them as if they are the sinners and the righteous persons. They should stay there while I stay here. Then what will just like look at you and be like, what, who, who, do, who does she think she is? They are the ones who give bad names to human relations. Allah forgive us. What was I talking about the ladies today? <laughs> okay, let me talk about another power then we can have our lives back. The power of concentration. The ability to focus, to concentrate is to be attentive, is to be aware, is to be observant, it is to be focused. To concentrate on what is truly necessary is to avoid distractions, is to avoid disruptions, is to avoid diversions, is to avoid interruptions. There are many illustrations I would have loved to give you. Let me give you only one that I've mentioned before, sometime in my past life. I mean, you know. There's a particular factory where people worked. They do a whole lot of carpentry and a lot of woodworks. And they have security, tight security for people going in and coming out. Why? Because people had been stealing things from that factory. So whenever the workers were coming out, the security guard would stand and be looking at them as they are passing to be sure nobody's carrying things. Nobody's carrying those things that do not belong to them. And so there was this guy who was walking past, and he carried sawdust, heap of sawdust in a wheelbarrow. 
and was about to pass, the security guard said, hey, hey, wait, wait, what is that you are carrying? It says sawdust. Usually, sawdust in that factory, they throw them away. It's a waste, right? So he says sawdust. What do you want to use for? He said, I have a small poultry. I use it to line the floor for my poultry farm. That's why the technician will say yes. Say why? Say but you see, these sawdust are useless now. We are still going to burn them or throw them away in the first. So I'm even helping the factory to remove excess sawdust. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, you can go. The second day, this same guy came with wheelbarrow full of sawdust. Hey, what is that? Say sawdust. You asked me yesterday. I explained to you what I use. Oh, okay. You are the poultry farmer. Yes. Oh, you can go. You can go. Then the third day he came with sawdust again. That's so, hey, what is that? Say, Abba, my friend, don't you understand? He said, no, I don't understand. Come, I'm suspecting you. How come you only carry, always carry sawdust to pass here when you go? Tell me, what have you been stealing? The guy said, okay, you want to tell you the truth? Say yes. The truth? Yes. If I tell you the truth, you don't do anything. Say yes. Promise? Yes. You don't report me to the management? Say yes. I won't report you. Just tell me the truth. What have you been stealing? I'm suspecting you might be stealing something. He said, for the past three days, I've been stealing wheelbarrows. But you only focus on the sawdust. Whereas, you didn't notice that it is new wheelbarrow every day that I use in carrying this sawdust. You know, I've been stealing wheelbarrows. You only focus on the sawdust, but the real thing I've been stealing is the wheelbarrow. I said, ah, yes, you will not go anywhere. You made such a fool of me. Said, oh, you want to report me now? I'm going to tell them that we connived. <laughs> because every day I pass, you ask me, and you see the wheelbarrow, and you see the sawdust. You chose to see the sawdust. said, okay, you can go. But don't do it again. He said, I've had enough wheelbarrows that I need. <laughs> this is the power of concentration. No matter how much of Iman you have, if you don't know how to concentrate, you'll be focusing on the wrong things. Do you want me to say it again? No matter how much of Iman you have, You'll be focusing on the wrong things that are not priority or that are not as important at that point in time. That is why, God forgive me for this I want to say, I'm generalizing. That's why we focus on certain things, you know, even on the Uma level or even on individual level. We focus on a lot of things, but we don't take, I'm not saying some of the things we focus on are, are sawdust. I'm just saying that there are some things that also require our focus. We send reminders through the social media. This is a very important aspect of our Ibadah. But we say, remember, there's a grant available at so-and-so place. Make sure you apply. There's a job opening in so-and-so place. Go there and submit your CV. I know somebody who needs a supply of uh, three loads of cement somewhere. Make sure you apply, talk to me. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Nobody will say, Salaamu Alaikum, is anybody here interested in learning how to farm? I have a farmland, come along and do internship with me. Why don't we spread such messages too? You understand why I say, Iman would not go far if we don't know how to concentrate on what we need at this point in time. I wish 
that we share more things that will remove us from poverty than some of the things we share. I wish that we'll show each other where there are businesses, where there are opportunities, where there are options, where Muslim ladies can do some things online, to get a degree online, to learn some trade online, to get into some businesses online, to do some things that can make your life to be better, so much so that doing your ibadah will now be even easier for you. May Allah forgive me if I've said something that is wrong. And finally, there's the power of insight. It is all related to these ones I've been mentioning. Insight is the vision. Without vision, you have division. The Ummah needs this vision so that there will be no division amongst them. If you don't have a vision, your perception will be thwarted. Your comprehension will be affected. If you don't have the vision, no matter how much, your faith is. If you are using your powers of concentration, you are using your power of insight, your insight will allow you to fully see what you are concentrating on as a person who has Iman. What I mean by that is you need to have that insight to understand deeply what is going on and what you are going to do. Insight comes from understanding. There may be elements of understanding in us already, but if we don't have time to be mindful and to concentrate, insight won't manifest in us. We need to create the kind of environment where mindfulness and concentration can become easy for us. If you don't create that environment, you'll be in the solat. And you'll be afraid that the person you are owing will come and ask you. Your mind will not be in your solat. You will not concentrate now if you don't take care of the parameters that can make your mind to be at rest. You are broke. You are owing. You don't have. You need. And you lack. And nobody is there to guide you. You will be confused. Even the ibadah will have problem. Even the fasting will not be enjoyable. Somebody that is fasting and is also thinking of what to break his fast with. How enjoyable is that kind of fasting? Ibadah is supposed to be sweet. Ibadah is supposed to be easy. You should be able to go on Umrah whenever you feel like, not only in Ramadan alone. But what are the things that can make it to be easy for you to do all of these things, take care of it too? Because that is part of Iman. Anything that is conducive to you practicing your faith accurately is also as important as your faith itself. Anything that will lead you towards committing sin is also sinful on its own. This is the premise that, that I'm basing this conclusion on. Anything that can lead you towards upholding your faith without it shaking is also very important. Take care of yourself. Take care of your health. And finally, let me share this hadith with you. How should you really understand faith and the other powers, like the ones who have mentioned, including the power of action, the power of getting up and do what you need to do. Anas Guru Malik narrated that a man said, Ya Rasulullah, this my camel that I brought from my journey, should I tie the camel and trust in Allah, or I should leave the camel to go free and then trust in Allah? The Prophet replied him, Aakilha watawakkal. Tie your camel, then you put your trust in Almighty Allah. We cannot say we trust Allah or we have Iman in Allah if we don't tie our camel. The true essence of the power of Iman 
is when you learn to tie your camel and then you now have Iman in Almighty Allah. Take care of yourself, take care of your life, take care of your Iman, take care of your family, take care of your environment, and find ways of taking care of humanity because everything is interconnected and everything is very important. Our faith in Almighty Allah is founded on knowledge. The power of knowledge cannot be underestimated. It is with knowledge that you worship Almighty Allah with true Iman, not the one that is founded on wishful thinking or on hopelessness or just hoping for something that you are now using your faith to back it up when you have not made any preparations for it. It's like somebody having faith that he will go to paradise and is not observing his salat. Somebody having faith that Allah will forgive him and he keeps doing all sorts of wrong things and he didn't take care of his responsibilities. Faith is a very serious matter. It's not only ideas, but in the concrete results of your efforts and in tying the camel, then you now put faith in Almighty Allah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.